Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House, where we celebrate the little engines that could not. Coming to you from Nilbog Manor Studios, our music is by Jonathan Harmon, and I am your host, Dylan Rorick. From 1979 to the early 1990s, Frank Massey, along with his wife Tilly, hosted a talent showcase on New York City public access called Stairway to Stardom. It featured singers, dancers, comedians, and just about anything else considered performance. After it went off the air, much of the media for it was considered lost until today's guest happened to see a rerun on a Saturday night. Seeing the cultural importance of the show, he and his friend Doug Miller sought out any source of saved video. Their search led them straight to the man himself, Frank Massey, who had many episodes saved. He allowed them to be digitized and distributed on YouTube and physical media for nothing more than $100 and a dozen cannoli. Since that time, Stairway to Stardom has garnered a cult following for the offbeat characters who would appear, and for the genuine enthusiasm and encouragement that Massey showed for each guest, no matter their talent level. If you have seen it, then you know this music, On the stairway to stardom, you see tomorrow's stars today. You may not know today's guest, the man who helped save the cultural touchstone, Mitch Friedman. Hello. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I think we're. this is one of those interesting shows where we're talking about something that was kind of the TikTok of its day. Um, it you know lasted lasted for quite a while and showcased right. um some of the best and weirdest new york had to offer well, but i don't know about best but i definitely agree with weirdest <laughs> <laughs> unless best is in quotation marks uh, i i uh i don't know man i gotta <laughs> gonna say there's some down there that that i feel might be uh like some of the best outsider musicians I've ever heard. Oh, I, I agree with that. I yeah. just, uh, it, it, the general, uh, the general uh, uh, agreed upon definition of best is what I'm uh, talking about. <laughs> I have a, I have a very, very low bar for best. So yeah, me too. Uh, Horowitz, <laughs> Horowitz and Spectre to me are, are, you know, that's, that's pretty high class. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, uh, you reached out to me uh, after listening to me talk to Rich Brown, who, um, right. you know, did Beyond Vaudeville. Uh, he says hello, by the way. Um, yes. <laughs> talked about what good friends you guys were. Mm -hmm. um, so so tell me a little about yourself. You Did you grow up in New York? Um, I grew up in um, Woodmere, Long Island. Okay. Which is, um, you know, not, it's Nassau County, but it's not too far from Queens. So it's it's about, you know, 45 minute drive to the city. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I, I um, went to college in upstate New York in the lovely town of Schenectady, mm -hmm. uh, which is, uh, that's a whole other subject. And then, um, <laughs> and, then I, and then I moved back and then I moved into the city after I finished college and um it was when I initially moved into the city from about like 88 or so. Mm -hmm. um, I lived there from 88 to 94. And it was while I was in 1990s when I um, just, you know, kind of stumbled upon Stairway to Stardom. Yeah. Um, I, I worked as a, um, uh, I started out as a, um, um, an apprentice editor, film editor. Mm -hmm. um, so I was well positioned to come up with the, uh, lie basically to to frank that that uh i was going to make a um my friend and i were going to make a um documentary he was also an, an editor 
Okay. Um, so that's, so there was a, a morsel of truth to it, um, <laughs> even though 99% of it was untrue, but you know, the 1% is true. <laughs> we could, we could have made a documentary, but we didn't. I mean, I think you still can. There's, there's oh, still, well, yeah, maybe, maybe there's such rich know. material there. I know a lot of the performers have, um, faded into obscurity. Probably. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they faded some, most of them faded into obscurity the second their performance ended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, it's such an interesting show, uh, in that it, I, um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I show monthly movies here in, uh, Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And occasionally I'll show an episode of Beyond Vaudeville or Stairway to Stardom before it. And um, there's been a couple times where I I pulled one up just randomly and thrown it up there. And the performer is so uniquely talented that somebody in the audience will look them up. Uh, Anthony Salua comes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Siula. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Siula. Yeah. Okay. You can't, you, you can't, you can't rely on Frank for the correct pronunciation. <laughs> right. Learned over the years. So whatever we want to pronounce it as. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's one of those rare ones who actually has gone yeah. on to great success as a choreographer. Yeah. And right. um, one of the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but outside of those few, that did go mm -hmm. on to do something the rest of them are it's you know it it's just such a weird mix of um i don't want to call some of it comedy it, it's um <laughs> you know Actually, like the comedians are very come, come up are very dated and hack most of the time yeah most of the time yeah. but their enthusiasm is through the roof um it, yeah. it's obviously something that inspired shows like tim and eric awesome show uh, and things yeah, like right. that uh, were right. definitely influenced by this what was frank massey himself like as a, just a person yeah um he was very friendly um um you know very sweet uh kind of unassuming you know he he, he didn't uh, maybe he thought highly of himself as a singer um <laughs> I but, think he did. I think that's evident in a lot of the shows. Yeah, he does plenty of singing in the yes. shows. Um, more, much more than anybody else gets to do. And he was a, uh, a lounge singer at several yeah, hotels yeah. in the area. Well, he was he uh, he was a lounge singer for probably decades. Yeah. Um, um, which is, I think, he met his wife Tilly, mm -hmm. and um, you know, she was in the audience for one of his performances i don't remember where they met, you know what state that was in but uh he was um significantly older than her yeah um uh so that was a little strange but um yeah so he he was a singer and um he um i guess he heard from somebody around the in the performing you know groups of people that performed when he was in new york that he heard about something about you can have a show on public access TV. Um, so he got the idea to initially to um, do a show where he could uh, uh, showcase himself, mm -hmm. his talents. That's why it started out as like the Frank Massey nostalgia show or something like that. I forget what it was called exactly. But um, and then uh, at some point he decided to open it up to uh, maybe more fixate more on other pe other performers. And he was just the host, although he did, as you said, to perform a whole lot. A lot. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. two or three times an episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
and uh but he was uh you know in person he was really very very friendly very nice uh you know flattered by the attention mm -hmm. um i would say completely oblivious to the reason people like the show sure <laughs> um but you know um until he was the same way she's very and they're both very religious so they mm -hmm. you know um you know so they have that moral background mm -hmm. um so um yeah they, they meant well uh i just don't know how successful they were at pulling it off <laughs> i yeah. you know when you watch it, it it's of course the 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 instinct is immediately to poke fun because sure. there are a lot of people that come on there who are have no business touching a stage. <laughs> sure. But it's offset so much by the enthusiasm that Frank shows for every guest. You, you know, they'll right. go up and and just completely shut the bed on stage and Frank comes yeah. out and, and is so enthusiastic for them. Right. And it's a genuine enthusiasm that comes from him. And it, it's something that Rich and I talked about a little bit was on the Gong Show, how Chuck Barris was so encouraging to every performer no matter what they were doing and so right. into whatever they wanted to do and that is what i think sets it apart from well what we have today like american idol and those shows are set up to bring those types of people out simply to make fun of them and it's yeah. it's not fun to watch whereas this is fun to watch because of that enthusiasm and encouragement that you see all the time from him and from tilly right. um it's it, also like, but the, the the nature of these kind of the Russian roulette of how good or bad is this going to be when anybody starts, you know, you just yeah. never know. You just yeah. never know. Sometimes, you know, right away, sometimes, you know, it takes half the song before something bizarre happens or, right. you know, you know, yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's public access to occasionally it'll be somebody singing, holding a lavalier mic up to their mouth right. rather yeah, than yeah, a yeah. full mic and yeah. stuff it's like that. It's not high tech. That's yeah. Sure. yeah. There's, there's so much, so many weird variables that happen within it. And, um, and it's also, there's a house, I don't want to say a house band, but there's people there that will play yeah. music, but then they also mm -hmm. pipe in, you know, music, uh, just assistance tracks that people sing along to. Sure. Sure. Um, as you first started getting a hold of these tapes from Frank, how many total were there? Well, there were, I think there were 40 physical tapes. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there were, maybe not 40, but there were 40 hours, uh, 20 hours worth. 20 hours, so, okay. Yeah, it was probably about 40 tapes. Okay. The half hour, half hour tapes. Um, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and, and, he, and he said, uh, you know, we asked them, is this everything? Because... I'm not that that's not a significant amount, you know, 20 hours of anything is that you thought was gone forever is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But he said, he said, Oh no, there were like, you know, maybe a hundred other episodes, but I just taped over them with these. <laughs> so that was just, I wanted to shoot him and me right at the same moment right. doing that. <laughs> no, you know, I was just like, Oh, what a, can you imagine? I mean, what, what we don't know about the lost media to this is uh, it's, it's just, one of those that makes me sad to think about. Yeah. It's It's tragic. Yeah. I, I mean, just the the thought of first off, just just watching them learn the ropes in yeah. those early few episodes would be amazing to watch. Um, but also to see who they'd get because you know, late seventies, early eighties, New York, 
it was a lot weirder. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows though? But you know, it could have just been the same degree of weirdness, but just people we just never heard of. That's I mean, true. You know, we'd yeah. never know about. Um, and it's it. We have like Beyond Vaudeville to kind of give us an idea, like the like in yeah. eighty five, eighty six. Those shows. I mean, Suzanne Muldowney alone, of course, kind of goes sure. down in history as as performance mm -hmm. artist extraordinaire. Um, mm -hmm. But then we go back to Stairway to Stardom, and you've got Don Costello. Who, I mean, for for listeners, four five trauma films uh, stuck on you. The first turn on, Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High. Yeah, he was also in the Gang that Couldn't Shoot Straight, which is a weird, bizarre little comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was the other? Let's see, uh, Splatter University. And the Godfather and Godfather Three, if IMDb is to be believed. Yeah, but I think I think that might be a different Don Costello. It's 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 IMDb, it's, so it's, you never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, it could be him because he's Italian, but but yeah. I don't know. I I, I it, maybe I was he was skeptic. just like an extra or something. At yeah, the, at the he's big on party he, at the beginning. Or yeah, you know. he had a he had a character name in one of them, but was uncredited. Oh. But. Um, you know, it, it again. IMDb is notoriously inaccurate, so sure, I took that sure. one with a grain of salt. But I did know sure. for a fact he was in those trauma films, um, yeah. Which, That's which sure. you know, tells you. I mean, the first turn on and stuck on you were some of the earliest films they did, late seventies, early eighties, mm -hmm. and um, so he he'd been around the block a few times, yeah. Um, and with a, he's with a with a stop at the liquor store. On uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely, and that was his shtick too, was to do kind of a Foster Brooks esque. Um, I thought it was. Know, I thought it was like more of a um, uh, Red Skelton. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, was it was kind of a mix of the two because he played yeah, drunk, yeah. and it was sure. it was like yeah, it was kind of a Cla Claude Cadiddle Hopper if he were hammered kind yeah, of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners if you haven't watched it find one with him because it's weirder than we're making it sound uh yeah he was probably the most um the most uh probably the guest with the most appearances uh, uh yeah the ones i've seen yeah yeah i mean other than hal green on drums but you know right but uh, otherwise <laughs> yeah don costello is probably the you know he's like the uh i'm trying to think of I, I can't think of a uh, a parallel for some like other sitcom that has a you know he's probably like the Newman of of, of Stairway to Stardom. <laughs> he's like the most the most uh, frequent supporting character that yes. shows up occasionally. <laughs> Maybe the Alfred E. Newman, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So your your search through all of this, as you guys mm -hmm. were beginning to to dig and try and find this stuff, um, you uh, through Erin Chusid from the right. WFMU kind of a notorious DJ on there. Yeah. Um, on that, you heard the ad that Tilly would do for Stairway yeah. to Stardom, uh -huh. um, and and so in, that led you to him to reach out to him and kind of led you on the trail to well, Frank, right? Well, I was, I was, I was friends with Erwin. Um, okay. So, so I was, I was, um, you know, so I would, back then he would compile these cassettes of atrocious music and mm -hmm. atrocious songs. Uh, uh, or atrocious, one of them was like just original songs that were terrible by people you never heard of. And the mm -hmm. other one was like embarrassing cover versions by famous people. Yeah. So like the you know rocket band by William it, Shatner stuff like that. Didn't that go on to become the outsider music show 
it, it did it did but yeah. it did but eventually but but in between it was called incorrect music so you went you yeah. changed it from atrocious to incorrect which is i think a little <laughs> bit of a i think you should have stuck with atrocious <laughs> it was very correct in, as far as i was concerned yeah it was, it was, it was perfectly right yeah, but it was terrible you know but anyway so on one of these cassettes so he would you know he would give me copies of these cassettes as he made them and one of them had this audio of this it wasn't a song it was just this strange commercial sounding thing and i and I, so it stuck out to me because it was like well first of all no one's singing so why is this on one of the tapes and what is stairway to stardom you know that she kept saying and and, mm -hmm. and he he i think he just said i don't know it's some kind of public access show that somebody sent me a copy of once so that was it that was all i knew about it i didn't know it was okay. in new york i didn't know it was you know anything um and that was probably like 86 87 okay i had my chronology wrong i'm sorry on that yeah. okay i mean when when i first heard the ev day commercial thing mm -hmm. um but then um so it stuck in my mind you know what is this stairway to start on but i never <laughs> gave it another thought because he didn't know what it was either so um and then that's why when I was just happened to be turning on the TV one Saturday night in 1990 and it, and it came on, it was like, Oh, this is stairway to stardom. It just, uh, you know, I, I never forgot about it. Yeah. And so, so that was, if he, if he hadn't put that on the tape, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Right. I probably would have just, Oh, that's not true. I probably would have watched it, but, <laughs> but, but, at least, but I wasn't instantly uh, like committed to, to figuring out what the hell this is. Yeah. You know, um, because i knew because i knew the name but i just mm. didn't know anything else about it right um so yeah so that's how that sort of happened yeah and that that episode you watched is one of the more notorious episodes yeah it's like an all-star yeah 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 it's like a uh it's like the greatest shits good and tell <laughs> us a little about it well it starts with um a beloved frank um lip syncing uh which is rare maybe Usually is, he's way too close to the mic. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and I I think that the 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 word sync and lip sync is is <laughs> interpretation because he's are barely in sync. Um, but um yeah, so he was lip syncing to "I'll Never Fall in Love Again," mm -hmm. uh, the Bacharach song, um, doing all kind of cutesy, you know, and and weird, um, you know, in his uh move, his dance moves and facial expressions. Um, and then I'm not really sure exactly what order it was, but I think the next thing in the show was it was maybe Don Costello doing Menomina, his his uh, swivel hip Menomina dance. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was Lucille Cataldo doing hairdresser. And it was Alvia, the comedian, everybody, the best comment on all the YouTube you know like a thousand videos on the youtube channel that i put together and so the, there's tons of hilarious comments over the years yeah. my i think my favorite one of all time was for the alvia clip it was um this is the only something like this is the only thing on the show that isn't funny <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah <laughs> yeah alvia is just like an egomaniac yeah <clears throat> comedian who who by the way i don't know if you knew this that whole routine that he does is from a Red Fox record. It's literally oh. word word for word, word for word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the even even the like the asides, and the, and the, and the um you know this the heckling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's he even stole that from the album, so none of it's original. Right, not a second of it, and he never credits. If you hadn't him. brought that up, I was going to. Okay, okay. <laughs> I figured yeah. you well, knew. 
<laughs> I didn't know that for a while, you know. Yeah, um, it, it was it was very strange. It, 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 yeah, as, yeah. as I was watching, it was I I my dad had a ton of Red Fox albums, okay. so yeah. I was sitting when I when I saw that particular episode, which was more recently. It was mm. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which was odd because like Frank asks him, you know, who are your, you know, who are your t- top, who are your favorite comedians, and he's like, oh, I like the top ten comedians, and he lists, you know, Red Fox, uh, Richard Breyer. He says, you know, yeah. uh, but he never says. And by the way, Red Fox, who thank you for all the material right. of yours that I just did. You know, he just <laughs> he just plagiarized him and didn't do it as well. You know, it's just strange. I don't know. Yeah. I get it. Um, but that was, and then the only other thing on that same first show, other than Frank maybe doing another song at the end, I don't remember, um, was that there was another Don Costello routine that was so lame and boring that I never included it on any of the compilations or anything because it was him doing a W.C. Fields impression, taking us back to the days of old time radio shows. It was just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't bad enough or good enough <laughs> to include. So, so I just, you know, that, but otherwise everything else on that show was just, you know, like in the greatest hits. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Well, you brought up Lucille Cataldo and she's yeah. one of the few performers you met. Yeah. And we actually just lost her this past June. Right. Uh, she passed away. Uh, and what was your meeting with her like? Um. <laughs> Well, um, I, uh, I, I, I moved to Brooklyn in around 90, end of 97. And um, about a year later, I was just going to get some takeout sushi uh, around the corner from, you know, a few blocks from where I lived. So I went into the place and I put in my order and it's, rather than just standing there waiting for them to make it, I said, you know, I'll just, I'll just wait outside on the sidewalk and can, you know, if it wins right, just somebody come out and let me know and I'll come in and get it. Mm-hmm. So I was just standing there on the street, uh, you know, milling around and there was a parking space right in front of where I was standing, like right next to it that was empty. And I just see a car driving down, this was Court Street in Brooklyn. So it was like the main mm-hmm. thoroughfare in Brooklyn, okay. um, in, the, in that neighborhood anyway. And um, I see this car come down the street and it just kind of pulls in right into the spot where I was, you know, right next to me where I was standing. And I lo- and I looked and I was like, well, "That's Lucille Cataldo." I mean, I was, I was a hundred percent sure it was Lucille Cataldo driving, but you know, I could have been wrong. But my initial impulse was to say, "Oh, that's got to be her." And I've always had this ability to like pick out famous people, recognize famous people, like from two blocks away in a discussion. I, I just always had this. Being an editor, I have a, like a good attention to detail, so I just yeah. noticed stuff like this. So that's why I was pretty sure as soon as I saw her, I was like, "That's got that has to be Lucille Cataldo." So I, I got excited, but I was like, "I don't know what to do," because uh, this was you know 1998. This was yeah. 15 years <laughs> after the last time she was on the show, probably. Um, so I, she got out of the car and then walked across the street away from me to go into like some bodega or whatever to buy some stuff and i so when she finally came back to put whatever she bought back into her trunk i was i just said i just thought i gotta i'm not gonna let this opportunity go by i have to say something i mean i'll never i'll never live with myself if i if i don't say something 
So I said, uh, excuse me, uh, and this may sound a little strange, but um, are you are you Lucille Cataldo? Of course, I knew it was her, but anyway. Um, and she goes, yeah, how do you know that? You know, and I said, well, uh, I'm a big fan of the show Stairway to Stardom. And uh, my friend, she goes, oh, my God, that was 15 years ago. This is crazy. <laughs> I said, well, you know, we're really big fans of the show, so. Um, I remember you on the show. Uh, it goes, yeah, okay. Well, okay, you got it. You scared me a little bit there. For, all right, <laughs> but but so she was a little freaked out. She was a little freaked out because, like, how many people sure. probably ever recognized her in public from an, a, 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 an appearance she made performing? Anyway, right? Probably zero, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so that must have been strange. But it was also the timing was odd because, like, two weeks earlier, Rich Brown. Uh, the previously mm-hmm. mentioned Bridge Brown, who at the time had this little segment on The Daily Show, which was yeah. the very beginning of The Daily Show. It was called Public Excess. And he used to show clips, little mm-hmm. short clips from, from public access shows. And I guess about two weeks earlier, he had shown a hair part of Hairdresser and then John Stewart made fun of it or somebody, he made fun of it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It made a little, poked a little fun at it. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> and she heard about it and she was very angry about that. You know, she didn't, she was insulted or whatever. So sure. that was two, it was two weeks before I bumped into her to ask her about Stairway to Stardom. So, so that was on our mind. You know, she was still mad about it from, you know, like two weeks ago, they, yeah. they put this on the show and they made fun. I didn't like that, you know. <laughs> so, oh, that's <laughs> awful. Know. Oh, I hate to but, hear that. Yeah. But, um, but she was nice, you know, she was, uh, and then I, I, after, you know, a couple of minutes, I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, it's time for me to let her go. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away too much here. Sure, I don't want her sure. to figure anything out. So, um, yeah, so that was it. She got in her car and drove away and then mm-hmm. I got my sushi and went home and couldn't eat it because I was too excited to call Doug and tell him about this. He said, like, you're not going to believe what I just, what just happened. And of course he didn't, well, who would believe it? No Sure. <laughs> But it, it, I swear it happened, you know. Um, um, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, <laughs> that was my. And then you you also had a run in with the uh, with the famous the the always there steadfast drummer on yeah. a subway car, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, and another time also, but yeah, the Hal Green. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one time after I was working really late one night and I got a middle of the winter, I had to go onto the subway and, uh, you know, it was like, it was so late that the train was just sitting there with the doors open waiting, <laughs> you know, because it was, there was, it was just, you know, it was waiting for a few people to get on before it moved, you know, it was yeah. that late. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got on, I ran, I see this, I'm running down the stairs, I see the train doors are open, so I ran down, got on, sat down completely exhausted you know just sitting down thank god i made a I, I i look up and hal green is sitting directly across from me you know looking like the elderly alcoholic buster keaton you know <laughs> uh you know and, and i didn't say anything to him because um yeah well you know what was i gonna say hey you're hal green the former drummer from Star- you know he probably he probably would have had a heart attack if i did <laughs> you know you know so i didn't say anything to but I did see him another we did see him another time because and this time wasn't by chance. It was on purpose. Okay. And it was a I um in I don't know, 90, 91 to ninety-four ish, mm-hmm. I was in uh, uh Gotham City Improv, which was like an improv sketch comedy performing group around yeah. the city. And we used to 
one of the places that we used to perform was at this place on Grove Street in the West Village. There are a bunch of a series of little um, little like piano bars, clubs um, on Grove Street. And mm -hmm. one of them was the place where we performed. And then there was another one called Arthur's Tavern, which is like a really rundown bar with a little place to play music in the back mm -hmm. of the room. You know, smell a little mildewy. And, you know, it was just like an old man's, an old drunk guy's rundown piano bar on that stretch of... But I Sounds noticed... perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. So I noticed on the, on the um, you know, the little build, the, what do you call it? The billboard where they announced upcoming mm -hmm. performers. They had a regular performer there, a guy named a piano player named um, Ed Bundy, I think was his name, which is <laughs> <laughs> not the one from Mary's sure. Children. <laughs> Different guy. But um, and then it said with Hal Green on drums. Awesome. I, I was like, all right. But so we made a whole. So I got Doug, and we got a couple other friends who were big Stairway Stardom fans, you know. And we all went there one night to see to see. Um, al bundy performed but we really just wanted to see hal green <laughs> you know we didn't know who al bundy was like, we, oh, we didn't care who al bundy was right <laughs> so we walked in and and uh sit down around the around the uh i guess around the bar but where like mm -hmm. around the where the musicians were yeah and um al bundy starts playing i can't get started uh which was the song that hal green actually sang much to my shock of saying is probably generous but he uh did the vocals on on stairway to stardom so yeah. to see to get there just as somebody he's playing drums to somebody else singing <laughs> i can't get started it was just it was perfect, you know, it was yeah, perfect. pretty surreal i'm sure yeah it was very but hal didn't it was a little disappointing because hal did not do any singing that night but uh, but still we got to watch him drum and talk to him for a little bit for like two inches away yeah yeah was he was yeah. he at all was was he kind of nonplussed that you guys knew who he was was he excited about it i don't know that we i don't recall if we actually admitted that we knew who he was oh okay uh, maybe, maybe maybe we did you could have made his night <laughs> yeah i mean we must have we must have said something but you know even if he was excited would you even know no that's true yeah <laughs> You know, maybe he just bought has him a drink. Yeah, that nonplussed <laughs> yeah. Hang, hang dog face. You know, yeah. you didn't even know if he was excited. Um, but yeah, so though I think those were the only two times I ever stumbled upon Hal Green in person. Um, yeah. One of one of them by accident, one of them on purpose. Definitely. Well, it's a city of eight million people, so to run into anyone randomly yeah, is pretty yeah. pretty yeah off the charts. So <laughs> I mean I, I mean I always well, another this is completely off the subject, but around the same time period i was like uh uh i was on a date uh, some kind mm -hmm. of date from a personal ad date or something mm -hmm. and um the guy who played um uh the guy the, the villain from willy wonka you know um, um the, slugworth uh, slugworth yeah he, he was sitting at the next table from us the actor who played slugworth and the Willy Wonka is like one of my favorite, you know, it was like my first favorite movie. Sure. As a kid. So that was, you know, strange, you know, that, <laughs> not that that's nothing to do with Stairway to Start, but it was very, it, no, it was that's so a good random. story, man. I died so out random. on that one for a while. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. It was so random. But, um, and he didn't have the scar. He didn't have the scar. On right. Face, like, so, so. so he seemed friendlier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, uh, uh, the performers that have been on there, I mean, we talked a little bit about the the very small few who actually had an impact outside of Stairway to Stardom. 
uh, Don Costello and, and and Anthony Ciula, I'm assuming, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. also C.P. Lacey, the yeah. the impersonator in comic. Um, he actually showed up in an episode of Vinyl playing Little Richard, um, really? or maybe just doing the voice, according to IMDb again. So okay. big grain of salt. I, I can believe it. <clears throat> yeah, but he was actually fairly talented. For I yeah. mean, it it was a you know, it was pretty hack. It would, I think it might sound a little something like, you know, that kind of thing leading into the sure. impressions a few times, but he was good at them. Yeah, he um, was good. I mean, he, you know, um, he was versatile for, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, how many people do James Brown and Michael Jackson and I can't remember who else he did, but you know, yeah. was, uh, Rick, Rick James. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when nobody was doing Rick James, now everybody <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. But, um, but them and then um, on a, not really someone we would call famous, but related to a famous person, James Earl Jones' half brother was yeah, right. on an episode. <laughs> well, what gave it away was his name was Matthew Earl Jones. Yeah. So that was my that was my hint. I mean, he didn't look like James Earl Jones, but uh, or uh, vaguely, but you know, right? I, like I have to look this up because how many people have the Earl Jones as right like, two thirds of their name? You know. Um, so yeah, it turned out he was James Ultra. I wonder if James knows about his appearance on that. I probably doesn't. I he mean, probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, but but outside of those, uh, really, everybody else. This was this was their one. This was their fifteen minutes. And uh, mm. of of those, were you able to touch base with? any of them in doing the research for this and finding these things? Have you tried to reach out and find anybody? Um, of those people? Yeah. Anybody? Of, of, of the people, let's say outside of those, the ones that, Oh, this was, um, this was their moment was this show. Well, um, I mean, I have to correct you. There was one other person, not that this is fame, but there was one other person mm -hmm. who, um, um, was on, he was actually on star search. Oh, and and Doug and I saw him on Star Search before we ever saw before we even knew that Stairway Stardom existed, and that was Joey Rafano, who was the little kid with the relentless vibrato in his voice who sang "Lady in Red." Yeah, you know he was on Star. He was Search. on Star Search. What do you sing on no, that? I, no, I don't. I don't. Even, it was some kind of Sinatra song. Okay, but um, I don't remember if he was on star search before he was on stairway to start but we saw him on star search before we knew about stuff right but i all i remember is that when he was on star search he was this little kid and he came out and he did this you know he was wearing like a suit jacket and a tie mm -hmm. and he was doing whatever this song was and the a perfectly choreographed you know it was rehearsed a million times perfectly <laughs> choreographed at one moment he did a kind of a sly one hand unbuttoning of the button on his suit to, <laughs> you know to, to, to awesome. get it more comfortable made it more comfortable for the ladies or whatever I, awesome it was like 10 probably <laughs> so that was you know um but i never uh apart from that i never had any contact with him um although i did look him up and i found his cousin who was also named joe rafano who owned like a recording <laughs> studio on long island so i was a little disappointed that he wasn't the joe rafano sure it's just a different different one right um but as far as like other people, um, in 90, was it 90, no, 2006, um, Doug and I and this guy named Ryan Junell, who uh, is a very talented kind of strange director, performer kind of guy, 
he and his friend who ran this place in um, Williamsburg called Monkey Town. It was like a restaurant and a with a performance space on the back. Okay. And he got the idea of doing, and he was a big fan of Stairway to Stardom because he knew me from some other friend of mine. Um, he uh, he got the idea of like, let's put on a, what do you guys think about putting on a Stairway to Stardom evening? I was like, all right, as long as you, you know, what do you have in mind? So he said, oh, well, we can, you know, put a couple of um, compilation, you know, montages of some of the clips. And then let, maybe we can get some performers to actually, you know, people that were actually on the show to actually come and perform. So somehow we got in touch with um, um, all the King's men because um, uh, I lived in Brooklyn, I think. Okay. I don't remember exactly how we knew that or how we found them, but maybe we had, maybe just looked up in the phone book and we found Steve Luisi in the phone book. I think it might've okay. been as easy as that. Um, so they they came and performed and also jimmy schwatzman oh wow <laughs> uh, uh you know he came and performed so we met the two of them uh and they were both they were all very nice yeah you know um they all the king's men had more of a um sense of that they were being made fun of and they didn't take it personally you know like they thought steroid sort of was weird also even when they were on it sure they thought it was something bizarre going on, but they liked the exposure and they got to do the theme song at yeah. that point. Yeah. So, uh, and they were on a few times, uh, but Jimmy seemed more, he knew that people were, found him a little funny, but I think he took it, I think he took it more seriously. I think he took his mm -hmm. talents more seriously because he was in musical theater. He kept, he probably still does musical theater. Okay. Uh, by the way, he goes by the name Jimmy Blackman now. Good to know. I, All right. Yeah, that's a German <laughs> translate Schwartz Schwartzman to yeah, Blackman. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to get him more notoriety. But, right. <laughs> um, so he so they they were all very nice, and uh, you know he uh, all the King's Men did their little uh, you know did the Stairway to Stardom theme. Mm -hmm. He asked them to do, and awesome. then they did, and then they did a endless bit of their act, which was like um, you know like. Nat King Cole and Neil, uh, we got him to do the Neil Diamond song, you know, yeah, they did on the show uh -huh. in America. But they did this whole like it was like 20 minutes of like, all right, when are these guys gonna awesome? <laughs> when are that these sounds gonna amazing. Stop? That sounds amazing. And then, and then Jimmy <laughs> Schwartzman came out, and I we asked him to do cabaret with mm -hmm. them because I was his you know signature yeah. number on Stairway to Stardom. So he did that, and then I think he. Maybe did another song. I don't remember, but uh, you definitely, you know, but they're yeah. both on YouTube somewhere. Okay. Well, I need yeah. to find that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but as far as like in meeting a person, I think that might have been it. But uh, at some point, I found Michael Daniel Baez, who was the little kid who sang "You May Be Right" by Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, I found him that he was like a. Uh, he was like a karate teacher and a studying filmmaking in NYU, maybe, I think. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I, I emailed him and I asked, are you the guy who was, were you ever, you know, as a little kid, were you ever on this show? And he goes, yeah. So I said, uh, but I've never seen it. I've never seen my appearance on the show. I don't, I don't even remember doing it, mm -hmm. you know. So I, so I said, all right, give me your address and I'll mail you, you know, like your dub of it, I'll send it to him. And I sent it to him. I never heard from him again. 
<laughs> for obvious reasons he was probably too embarrassed <laughs> and then this other guy ryan and janelle that i mentioned before he tracked mm -hmm. down um he tracked down uh, what's his name no maybe no no maybe he's the guy that brian tracked down that's okay. that's how it happened okay yeah, he, and he gave yeah that's what happened um but there was somebody else why can't i remember who oh uh, i and just recently, you know, everybody can like look up people on Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I mean, a bunch of people are on there that I've seen like uh, Lola Perrazzo is on there. Uh, Melissa Ann Ledwan is on there, who was the top yeah. dancing, you know. Um, um, uh, uh, Michelle Sutlowich, who does the, the, the self-taught uh, dance to fame. Yes. Routine to fame. Yes. He was on there. Um, and I also found Michael Phobes recently, who was the little kid who did the rock around the clock, who botched the rock around the rock around the clock, the cuckoo. I don't remember that. I'm sure I've seen oh, it. That's, I just don't oh, remember that's, it. Yeah. Okay. That's, awesome. that's, we'll a, that's, watch one, that's one of the greatest hits, too. <laughs> this is one. Um, this is a show that I don't know nearly as well as I know Beyond Vaudeville. Beyond well, Vaudeville, I was obsessed with. This is one. It, 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 Stairway to Stardom, as much as I'm an enthusiast, enthusiastic person for singular performances small mm. doses of stairway to start because oh, yeah. it's impossible to binge <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. it's too painful um yeah. but but it is worth you know th those like i say singular is the best way to describe them i <laughs> think sure. there's sure. they'll you'll never see another performance like some of these that are on there uh um, and there's another there's another woman gloria huddle and i never met her um, she's the one who does the uh, Libby. Oh uh, my God! Over to the, yeah, that. Right. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, she's on, I, and I only know this from the com from the comments on one of the on her video or whatever mm -hmm. on the YouTube channel that she was a um, a health teacher in in like a Bronx high school up until like two or three years ago. Wow! You know, people are like, hey, that's my teacher, Mrs. Huddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! So, so I don't. Can you imagine having her as a teacher, boy? Oh, it'd be amazing. Can't even, I can't even, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. So, tell everybody how people could get on this show. Stairway to Stardom, you guys, if you haven't checked it out, you can find it on YouTube, archive.org. There's all kinds of resources to be able to find the videos that they saved, and they are well worth checking out. Uh, we'll get to part two in a couple of weeks. Following that, we've got Amelia Kincaid from Night of the Demons, Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, Roadhouse, uh, uh, also works today helping to save endangered animals. Uh, following that, well, we'll see. Hey, get out in the world. Go out and do stuff. Go to bars, go to restaurants, but take care of your servers because at the Walter Paisley Movie House, we do not piss on hospitality. See you later, kids.